What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Josh, Lar, Ellen, Steve, Kevin. The gang is mostly all here. Um, the Hounds got their first point of the season after a road trip to Birmingham. We're going to talk all about that. Plus, top 11 a little era, Rochester no longer being a thing, and uh, and much more. Let's Laura Ellen, long time no see. How's it going? Yes, uh, I think I think it's going well. Yeah, last time last time I checked, uh, still alive. Have a roof over my head. Uh, my bank hasn't collapsed. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'm good. How many plants are in the background right now? Like, do you have an oh. account of plants? Oh, I don't have a count. Okay, uh, I was just curious. You could have asked me that, like, you know, half an hour ago, and I, I would have counted for you. But <laughs> I, uh, yes, this. So this is my home office. This is where I spend most of my time, and so I do everything I can to make sure the oxygen is as rich in here. Uh, yeah, and it just makes me happy, and I get lots of compliments. So why not? Josh, I see you looking around. Is that your way of saying you have no plans? <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing alive in this room. It is all just plastic and toys and <laughs> records. And all the windows have blackout blinds on them and are closed. Like, ah, I live in a cave. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking my hallway definitely could use some more life other than this just like boring green background. <laughs> so, Steve, how's it going? It's going. I'm, I'm here. Um, you know, just uh, working. Uh, trying to get through these gray days and looking forward to nicer weather again. Um, soccer's here. That's good. Um, fun to see the Hounds play and to go to some of the preseason games and get to see people again. So, you know, coming out of the, the winter shell is, is is a good thing. Kev, as, uh, as Steve pointed out, you're showing off your sunlight there in Tennessee, whereas it's a bit gray and gloomy for us right now. I'm still recovering from the whole daylight savings crap, but how are things there for you? Yeah, same. Now, I mean, we're reverting back into second winter, as uh, we like to refer to it. Um, we have, it was gorgeous for like for three or four days straight. It was like 72, sunny every day. Um, and now we're back into like, I think it was like low 40s this morning, and it kind of just hung around that temperature. Um, so but it's good. Good, good, good. Josh, how was the uh, how was the watch party on Saturday? Oh man, St. Paddy's Day is crazy. Uh, I know it's not real St. Paddy's Day, but it's it's Pittsburgh St. Paddy's. Hold Day. on, one thing, real quick. I was like, it's St. Paddy's Day, and my wife was like, it's not really St. Paddy's Day, and I was like, what do you mean? And when I looked on the calendar, St. Paddy's Day is actually this upcoming Friday. Like, wouldn't it make more sense to celebrate St. Paddy's Day like this upcoming Saturday? But so they have a rule. The rule is they always do it the Saturday before St. Patty's Day. It is always the Saturday before. So if it is on a Friday, like it was, it doesn't matter that it would be easy. Just have it the next day. They want to have it before the actual holiday. So that's why it was almost a full week before St. Patty's Day. Can't wait for our booze. That's no, like, we can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I And I don't get like, like I get it, I guess. But at the same time, I don't get everyone else like going out to the bars that day. Like, the parade sure but like if you if it's like next week you would think everyone would be like eh we'll do this on saturday the following saturday yeah. nope uh bulldog was packed full of green i walk in and of course i'm like 
so focused on the hounds and thinking about what's going on and like in that whole world i come in not wearing a spot of green all <laughs> yellow and black like i'm decked out ready to go <laughs> and i'm just like oh right st patty's day i should have wore at least a something green to like not completely stand out like a sore thumb in this bar uh but yeah it was still fun we we got there like two hours early to like kind of scope out seats and like try to get a spot because they're it was like standing room only. So we we end up getting our, our favorite spots in the middle of the, the pub with the bar, uh, like the long table next to the bar and uh, got everyone posted up there. By the second half, it was all Riverhounds fans was in that section. So it was good. There were some, there were some videos floating around. It looked like it was a good time. Packed house. Uh, everybody cheering for the Hounds, which is great. Um. Yeah, let's 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 get right into the game because there's lots of things to talk about on this one, guys. Hounds draw, as we said, one-one with Birmingham. Let's start with the starting lineup. This is always the biggest question coming out of the preseason: is which one of these guys are actually going to play? And um, I think it's probably the I don't want to say the least surprising uh, lineup that we've seen in recent years, but for the most part, Lily stuck with some of the regulars from last season. So in goal, you had Jamali Waite. Across the back, he played a four. It basically, it was a four-four-two, but we'll get into like the formations here in a minute. Um, across the back, you had Dos Santos, Ordonez, Hogan, who is a new player in Rivera, and then in the midfield, you had Mertz, Itu, Kenny, and Ibarra. Itu also being a new player, and then Kizandikwa. So what? Uh, nine out of the eleven we had seen last year. What was interesting for me was that on the bench we had a backup keeper and Garner. We had three forwards, Blackstock, Lopez, and Shonami. And then we had a center back, Farrell, wingers, Biasi, and Failing, and no central mids. So immediately I was like, if Kenny gets tired, what do we do? There is, there's nobody to come in for Kenny or Ibarra or Mertz or E2. And as we saw, you know, Lily shuffled some things around, but I just thought it was interesting. I immediately thought, like, oh, are we, do we have a depth issue here? Um, in the first game of the season, but maybe not. Let's uh, let's do some takeaways here. Uh, Kev, I'll pick you first. Give me a takeaway from this game. Um, I guess I was I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, as far as the lineup, as you already mentioned, but I was leaning towards expecting a, a back three. So um, the fact that we come out with a back four uh, with two fullbacks, both of which like to be adventurous going forward. Um, surprised me a little bit and it continued the message from last year of Bob liking to put a lot of um, responsibility on his center backs to like go 1v1 versus their forwards which is a pretty big statement against going up against uh, Birmingham forwards Um, I know Nico didn't start um, but uh, yeah I mean so and I was impressed with what I saw. I mean, overall, um, I'll keep it short and sweet. But I mean, that, that was my biggest kind of first takeaway. That and, you know, I'm I'm really happy with the point. I thought for large portions of the game, it was fairly balanced. If not, Birmingham looked better. And then we had a spell for maybe 15 minutes in the second half where we looked better. Um, and, we, and we come away with... You know, I, I mean, beginning of the season results always make us look like a fool when it comes to the end of the season. But um, it's a, it's a, it would be a fair statement to say that this might be one of our toughest away games, and we, you know, come away with it one-one and with a decent showing. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. 
Laura, Ellen, what did you think? Well, uh, I didn't watch the game except for it must have been the 15 minutes that Kev was talking about because what I saw of the game, I was like, wow, they look great. I was like very impressed. Um, and I was like, what is Michael complaining about? Which we'll, is get, what we'll, get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't worry. I, yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> I, I haven't added my thoughts to the outline, but I've been thinking them. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but I will say, you know, for the first game of the season and it being away and all the issues that have been kind of discussed, yes, exactly to Bill's point, right? A point is a point is a point is a point, right? Like, and it's away. It's the beginning of the season. I think we've talked previously about how um, there has been kind of this slow buildup um, or at least lots of draws at the beginning. And so, right, we weren't blown out, right? It wasn't 3 nothing Birmingham. And so, um, and, and I think the buildup that I did see, I saw some really nice, um, you know, pressure by... Dos Santos and kind of seeing that up the sides to Kevin's point earlier. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I was, I was expecting to tune in. Um, I had an event and I, you know, came home and I tuned in. I was expecting based on how, you know, Michael has been this whole uh, preseason. I was like, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to look like middle schoolers out there who, <laughs> you know, we're just like following the ball around and can't. And certainly there there were a few times where I was like, okay, maybe do better. Uh, but I feel that way when I want, right? I, we had the Barcelona game on, on Sunday. And right, like, I feel like anytime I watch, I'm like, okay, well, you, you could have done better there. So all that to say, you know, the 15, 20 minutes that I watched, I, you know, and I'm happy with a point. And also we'll get to it, but I'm, I'm winning those season tickets. <laughs> That I'm not eligible for, but I'm still going to win. We'll, we'll see. We'll get there. Steve, Steve, what do you think? Give us um, a takeaway. Uh, a lot of things to be hopeful about, and a lot of things to still be concerned about as the team goes forward. For me, um, much better than I had expected. I mean, I guess kind of saw a little bit more in the preseason game against Louisville. The team looked a lot more cohesive um, than they had in the previous preseason games I had been to. Uh, so that was good to see, and that carried on through. Uh, however, still a lot of the same concerns I've had in the past. I remember three or four occasions where just like finally getting some beautiful crosses. Nate, Nate made some absolutely beautiful crosses into the box, and no one was there. And so those things, if they don't improve, and it's just it's one of those things where it's like that for me is a coach thing. Like Bob has to get the players playing differently if he wants those chances to be converted. Um, I felt like first 20 minutes, the Hounds had the better chances, despite Birmingham having the better opportunities, if that makes sense. Like, like Birmingham was doing a lot more with the ball and putting themselves in dangerous positions, but our defense just kept stifling them and they weren't getting chances to score. Um, we got a few that we could have scored on fairly early. Uh, and so that was encouraging to see both of those things happen, right? That when a team was threatening, our defense locked it down. Uh, Hogan looked really good next to uh, next to Arturo. So hopefully that partnership grows and flourishes throughout the season. Um, 
and we can find a way to turn those opportunities into goals because we're going to need them this year. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, going into this, keep in mind that I was expecting a 2-0 uh, Birmingham win. Like I was, I was really not thinking we were going to be firing on all cylinders right now. We're going to be needing a lot of help uh, with the attack. Uh, but with that said, like within the first six minutes, like that's when the first yellow card happened against Birmingham. Um, and uh, Mertz took that set piece uh, from the spot. Like, I think it was like a couple of yards outside the box. And it, I mean, if it wasn't for the offside, like it looked like that was a great opportunity. It wasn't that far offside either. It wasn't like he wouldn't have been able to get to that ball if he was onside. I, I think that could have been a goal easily right there alone. Um, and so like getting those opportunities and seeing, seeing Mertz looking like the Mertz we remembered, like last season, we didn't really get that much from Mertz. And I felt like it was a little bit like just frazzled and looked like he was trying to figure out how to fit back into the system, but like getting him in this game, actually looking the way he looked before he left Pittsburgh was fantastic. And I was like, Oh, that's right. This, this could be really good. Like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, this game was good. I mean, it wasn't great. Obviously we didn't get three points, but it was definitely a lot farther along than I thought we would be right now. Uh, to your Preface point that, though, keep in mind, Birmingham also had like two major injuries where they're not having their star players and you can only play the team you have against you though. So it's like, Yes, I get that. But overall, this is a lot better than I expected this early in the season. Mm -hmm. And to your point about Mertz, his finish was like clinical. Like he oh. just sort of took it down. There was no hesitation. Just he, it's like he knew he was going to score before he scored, which that level of confidence we haven't seen in many of our players in quite some time. So hopefully that all continues. Um, I will say that... Uh, first of all, I agree with everything that's been said thus far. A point is a point is a point is a point. So anything that I say now is more just sort of looking forward. I thought that there were a number of positives uh, to sort of take away. I thought Mertz was a big positive. I thought that Junior at two uh, looked like Kenny, uh, maybe like five or six years younger with some shots of espresso in him. So like, I think that's promising. If if you're looking at, you know, here's a here's basically a bench player from Tampa and now he's stepping in and, you know, playing similar to a Kenny Forbes-ish type role in a Lily system. That's a feather in Lily's cap for being able to take players that may not make it elsewhere. And do it's, it's one game, but that can make an impact in this game. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. I thought I, that I was almost I was almost mad that Mertz played so well because I just I, I so wanted Etu to be the like main point of conversation for this because I thought he was incredible. I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect from him. And I, there were multiple points uh, I was watching the game with Riley, um, especially in the first half where I was getting frustrated. I was like, Etu's too good for us. Like he's playing with players around. Like I was like, we need better players. Like we're all we're a joke, and he's just like he's he was head and shoulders for me, like the best player for the first half in so many different occasions. Um, I don't know if I agree with the with the Kenny comparisons, um, but yeah. Anyway, I, I'll I'll stop. I thought he was amazing. Other positives for me, I thought Burke 
Burke failing came on and looked bright, just like we saw in the preseason. Dude's closing speed is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how Lily deploys him in the future. I thought that Tula is showing me um, he's a big dude. Like, see, I don't know if it was the position of the camera or what compared to what we saw in the preseason, but dude looks like he could be a force. This, I mean, this is his first pro deal out of college. So he's going to take some time to sort of learn the ropes and, and do the thing. But he looked like he caused some havoc. He missed that sitter, but it was just like. I I don't think that was as easy as it might have looked. I, no, I think, I, I think you know, especially. If you free, like if you freeze frame it and yeah. show like how much of the goal is actually open. It, like he either has to like put that really hard and low and hopefully it like skirts under the, the goalie or put his foot on it and just stop it. And, and that's extremely hard to do in that scenario. Yeah. So I, I refer to it as a sitter. Cause I think that was the impression that most people had, but I was going to say the same exact thing as you did. Like mm -hmm. unless you wanted him to take a risk and like miss it wide, he put it where he needed to put it and the keeper just made a great save. So um, I thought and, that was and, good. And I want to like a great save. Like, yeah. He came out, he knew what he was doing, an experienced keeper against a guy taking his first ever professional shot, right? Like, right. and it still was like, oh, that's a good shot, right? Like that, that's a big, big plus for him, for me. Like, love I to really see that I really don't like their keeper, by the way. I, I, I was just going right. to say, Kev, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking the exact same thing. I don't have a lot to contribute to this portion of the podcast, but when I turned it on, and I think there must have been a goal kick or something. I looked over at Justin. I was like, how is he still playing? <laughs> Justin's like, he's not that old. I said, I don't, I, I find him so irritating. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the beard. I mean, Justin has a big beard, so I don't think that's it. But I, I, anyway, he just irks me in just the most <laughs> profound way. And it's, I, it's, I can't describe it, but anyway. It's too much mustache. He has a beard, yes, but his oh, mustache is big. Is that what it, it is? It feels bushy, and it doesn't look right. It looks like he doesn't shave the mustache. I would look him up, but I can't care enough to know his name. So um, I, I that might be it, Josh. But there's something about his, I don't, the way he walks. Oh, That's it. It's the, way, it's the way he walks. Is that what Anyway, it is? we're getting too personal. I want to see too much mustache now. Like, that it's just, too much mustache. It's it too was. much mustache, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, those were some of the bright spots. I thought one of the other really interesting things was literally how fluid the team played. At times, it almost felt like to a fault. Like we sort of started with a 4-2-4, four, four, and then there were times it was like a 3-5-2, and then there were times that it was it almost felt like two at the back and everybody else was pushed up. And you had this, you know, Mertz and Ibarra were constantly switching around um, one of my concerns is that we're going to burn Kenny out because he was going from center, like, uh, like holding midfielder to center back to, there were times he was all the way up in the attack. And I'm worried that an over-reliance on Kenny is not a good thing for this team long-term. So we'll see. Um, a couple of other things that like, didn't look so good to me. Um, I mentioned this to you guys, uh, not to single him out, but there were multiple times that Ibarra was passing to nobody um, and it was noticeable. And so I'm really hoping that this wasn't the case that Lily was like putting all of his faith in Ibarra to be like the guy he could still turn into the guy. I'm not knocking him, but it's just like performances like that all season aren't going to cut it. They're going to hurt us more than anything. Um, 
I don't think he was the only person misplacing passes, though. I mean, there were ton, there were a, a ton of times where you would see a turnover and Birmingham would break, and it would be those one on one situations with our mm-hmm. with our center backs, and it was it was pretty frustrating. But plus, I don't I don't really know where it seemed like at times Abara. I mean, the formation was kind of all over the place, which given certain circumstances, you can say it's a plus. I would argue in most cases this game was probably a negative. It seemed like Ibarra at, at times was playing a more like a left-sided attacking midfielder or even just like some like a midfielder out wide. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, mm-hmm. I don't, that's not his position. I don't, I don't want him anywhere near that. Well, that, that was one of the things that was interesting. Whenever we were playing with four at the back, it almost felt like we weren't getting Dos Santos and Rivera pushing up high because you had Mertz and Ibarra in front of them sort of doing that work. So it was like, well, then is the plan to have Dos Santos and Rivera sort of staying back? And is that playing to their strengths? Um, we'll just sort of have to wait and see. It, it was interesting, like with that regards, I, I think it wasn't so much the fluidity that was the issue for me. It was just all not all but a lot of the passes were just heavy passes it seemed like every time they trapped the ball it went flying in front of them and they had to hurry up and run up on the ball um which i mean i feel like that is the type of thing that we were gonna see become less of an issue farther into the season um but yeah like gabara had a couple of those i also think DeSantis did not have a good game like it, it seemed like he had a lot of those or like errant passes where he just kind of booted it up and looked like he was trying to like lead the ball in front of our players, but he was just leading it way too far and uh, Birmingham was getting it back. Um, but overall, I, I mean, those are pretty small compared to what we could be having a conversation about right now. The defending for the, the corner kick that became the goal for Birmingham was also pretty egregious. I thought like I, we have a big team. Yeah. How did someone get a jump up and like get a goal where it looked like no one around him was even defending that at all or trying to get ahead on it. Yeah, I I will. uh, I'll agree that I think that the, the issues that I had with this game, a lot of it could be chalked up to sort of first game jitters and that we'll, we'll get past it. The only other thing that, that sort of was glaring to me was just that the offense clearly wasn't clicking. You know, Liz made a comment here that she was a little bit upset that there wasn't a Kizza goal. Um, honestly, we didn't have a shot on goal until Mertz scored in the second half. And so even at that, I think we may have finished with two or three shots on goal. I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but it wasn't anything that spectacular. And it just felt even with uh showing these chance, that came off of just Tony Lopez basically picking up the ball and running at the goal. Like there wasn't any thought of passing, playing. Uh, it was just, I'm going to take a shot. It deflected off and showing me was there to try to, to recover. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, at this point, especially this early in the season, I don't really care about results. I kind of want to see is the team growing and doing things. And there were large stretches of this game where it seemed like we were very focused on just keeping possession. And we did a relatively good job of that. Even if we were going backwards, it was just like, hold the ball, keep it away from Birmingham. I'd love to see that eventually turn into offense, but it just wasn't in the first game. And so I, you know, I can't complain too much about that. I I, kind of disagree. I don't know. I didn't, I I know we had the possession stats in the first half. I think what we were like 55% possession, at least at the, at the end of the first half to me, it felt like 
the longer we held onto the ball, the more uncomfortable we got. It mm. just it felt like like a restless leg syndrome kind of like night where I just like, I have the ball, I have to get it forward and I have to do something with it. And I know they would work it back. Um, but it felt like every time one of our players got the ball, if they had five to six seconds on the ball, they thought they had two. And you know, in so you can make the argument, well, they're just trying to move. It. I don't think they were just trying to move it quick. I think they were just like, fancy and just like didn't want to hold on the ball and put their fun ball other than Kenny. Kenny gets on the ball and he looks relaxed and cool as a cucumber. And that's great. Um, not really the case for, for other people. And, and, and I think that's, I don't know, might I think it might go back to that whole point of fluidity almost to a fault where you, you get your, you put your foot on it, you look up, you don't really know where anyone's going to be. Um, like, and that, that's why I think our goal was so refreshing to see is because Ordonez hits this beautiful diag that's just perfect on on Mertz's chest and he, and he takes it on scores. So um, the possession thing, I think, is, I don't know, I, it'll be curious to see how that evolves because it did seem like there was an, a desire to, to control the ball, but I don't know. I, this early, I think what I'm trying to just gauge is like, are there any signs of what this team is trying to become? And I think that the two things that stood out for me were sort of this crazy formation shifting constantly and an attempt at playing some form of possession soccer. And if that's the case, then I think it's a fair thing to say that the offense not clicking might just be a, you know, something that's going to take a few weeks and then they'll figure it out. It might not. We've talked in the past about how it just kind of feels like, and, and we'll, We'll get to something else later here, but um, that, you know, Lily might struggle to actually put together an offense rather than just finding offensive players. And mm -hmm. so, you know, Mertz's goal was very much a lone effort. Or I shouldn't say lone. It was a two-person effort. Ordonia's with the great cross and then Mertz mm -hmm. just making it happen. But you don't see a – we haven't really seen in the past few years a lot of, like, I don't even want to say tiki-taka, but just, like, build up offensive play. It's mm -hmm. just these one-off strikes and that's fine. You could be a counter-attacking team, but yeah. As much as we're talking about this team, like, or how Bob likes to tinker with the team and really kind of change things up. Uh, something keep in mind, this is the exact same starting lineup we had for the last preseason game against mm -hmm. Louisville. This was what came out in the field right at the mm -hmm. beginning. So like, yeah. this was definitely the plan from the start. I feel like, mm -hmm. like you don't have the ex happen to have the exact same starting lineup two games in a row, unless this was what your you know plan is. So I, I do feel like there is consistency, even if the formation itself is not consistent. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. I, you guys all said a lot in there, so what do I want to talk about in there? Um, <laughs> you were like leaning forward. I thought you had like no, a hot take to like come at no, us. No, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm invested in the conversation. Oh, okay. Well, so let's, let's I like it. If you could, if so it's been one game, right? Yeah. Describe, if you could describe, well, I'll, I'll go first so you guys will have time to think. If you could describe your feelings about the team after this one game in like a word or two. How would you describe? Yeah, okay, Laura Ellen, we're doing this, okay? We all watch more than 15 minutes. Um, I would say that... <laughs> Kevin's not going to use a word or two. I'm sorry. Oh, not Laura, not right now. I'm pulling out my dissertation. <laughs> um, I will say that 
I was, um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, cautiously optimistic, but, uh, pleasantly surprised. So like cautiously surprised maybe would be my two <laughs> words in that there were things that I saw that I think are worth being excited about and could bode things that are really well to come. But there were also things that it's clear to me the team still needs to figure out and I'm not convinced that we will figure it out. So it was a, you know, if I'm, if I'm ranking it on a scale of like one to 10, I'm a solid five right now. Like it's, I'm not over the moon, but I'm also not, you know, five out of 10 is failing. Like, well, <laughs> Kev, you go next, give us two words and none of this, like, I, Fine. you know, I'm, I'm ignoring the laws I can of, do the, that. of the game. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I was I was gonna say, good spine. I I think uh, I'm I was really happy with Ordonez, Hogan, and when Farrell came on from from what I saw of Farrell, um, coupled with Jamali Waite, who now has a second season with us, who I think can turn into. I think he's already. I would say in a a slightly above average USO keeper. And I think he could kick on and become a little better than that. So, you know, a good keeper with two good center backs with a third one pushing for competition. And Etu, I think is just like, he is the perfect central midfielder that like, I think that we need. Um, If you want to supplement that with Kenny next to him. Cool. If you want to supplement that with Mertz next to him. Cool. Um, and then I think we have a conversation around forwards. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. I was never really convinced Kizza or Deco was going to score in this game, um, but I'm I'm really happy with you know that that diamond partnership of keeper two center backs and a really strong midfielder. Um, and I think that that's a good platform. Liz says it ha, depends. Ha, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve, what do you uh, think? Return to classic Lily. More than more, but we'll, we'll, we'll let it go. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's what it seems like. It seems like Bob's going back to his make sure the defense is rock solid and see what happens from there. Yeah, Laura Ellen, do you have thoughts? I didn't mean I mean, to upset I, you with the, fi- I, I didn't mean to I upset feel, you with the 15 minute comment. I, I, pro- I apologize. Uh, no, I, I mean, so I have been faithfully listening to this podcast for many years but especially this preseason we're sorry listening Michael (laughs) thrown on and on about how depressed he is and like my whole thing and I was trying to think of you know being concise and just like realistic expectations right I I am trying to have realistic expectations when it comes to this team and so the 15 minutes I saw, I was like, oh, maybe I should watch the highlights before I jump on the podcast. No, didn't do it. Uh, I feel like Kevin. I'm like channeling my inner Kevin. Um, But uh, yeah, I just, this feels about right, right? Like it feels Mm -hmm. for a second division U.S. soccer team who I've been following for, you know, quite a number of years who are not like flowing in the, like are not like swimming in money, 
clearly it seems and if they are they're not putting it toward players like this feels fine to me right like and and i'm not saying that to be disparaging i'm not saying that to try and um cover up poor performance i just i like right this like meets expectations right in kindergarten when you have the you know satisfactory this is satisfactory for me that i think that's kind of where i'm landing on it and and i think there's room to grow to grow i think there is plenty of room to develop i also i couldn't exactly tell what was going on with the field for the portion that i was watching but i'm also like this is one game if people were like hyped up it's the first game of the season um you know who knows kind of what travel was like birmingham is you know far away I, I i don't know i indifference is that, is that <laughs> like enthusiastic indifference there we go maybe, you went maybe from like more. you went from meets expectations to indifference i feel like you talked yourself down the ladder a little bit but that's fair. I, I, they, they feel like pretty <laughs> level to me like eh, like, I, like i'm not gonna lose sleep about like i'm, I'm not upset right yeah. it's a point right like i'm not upset one game it was away now if we like play the next several games and when i you know when we drive ourselves out to pittsburgh and if we lose the home opener like five nothing then i'm gonna be a little perturbed but like right now i'm like yeah this is this is fine right this is fine and not um, right again not in a negative way just like yeah, this not, is what not, i expect this, not like, dog on fire just like it's right fine. not dog yeah, yeah. on fire just yeah. josh we'll give you the final word on this game uh, full of potential, potentially. Uh, it's it's definitely one well of those things. Yeah, it, it it felt like this was like I think, especially in this podcast, maybe uh, not this episode, but in general, this preseason, we've been kind of bracing for the worst and like thinking, like I don't know, this could be like this is going to be a rough year, and like it felt good to actually have the game go, and then it looked like, okay, there's something here. There's something to work with. We can do this. They can do this, I should say. Uh, and like, it's not going to be complete and utter chaos and crap. Like it, it, it looks like there's a lot here to, to work with. And the players that Lou has been able to get, um, yeah, they, they just seem like sneakily good. <laughs> as far as like working together in the pieces i i i am worried about our offense still that's that's kind of like been the drum we've been beating all off season mm-hmm. is being worried about this offense but if we have a Mertz that's firing on all cylinders if we have you know a forbes who still can get the job done which he seems to be able to get the job done and you know some other pieces that are, that are falling into place yeah this this could work i'm i'm Excited to see what happens next, but I'm still trepidatious. For for context here, I think me and Steve gave the least Kevin answers out of all of these. I think <laughs> I think Mike, Josh, and Laura Ellen, you were all very uh, Kevin answers. If, if I if I do say so myself, I had like five words. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think actually, yeah, something you said, Josh, and I I do wonder. Um, and this was kind of a theme earlier, right? This renewed confidence that Mertz has. And, you know, it seems like last season he did just kind of seem off a little bit. And who knows, like, right? Like, 
we're looking at one aspect of a whole human being. So like, who knows? But um, I, I, I do wonder kind of having players who have that confidence, who have that self-assuredness to, you know, be able to like go out there and be like, I know what my coach expects of me. I know what I expect of myself and I know, and I have the confidence that I can do this. And these are the, men around me who were going to do this together. I think there's like something that's there that, you know, hopefully can, you know, certainly can't make up for talent, but can, you know, potentially, you know, bridge, bridge some gaps. So I think that is something that's important and it will be interesting to see as the season progresses and as hiccups inevitably come, you know, what that looks like. Uh, So yeah, I, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, just to kind of like keep on like the Mertz swag meter or something. I don't know, right? <laughs> Not like swag, like, you know, yeah. people we don't like swag, like swag in a good way. Swag. Yeah. I will say if if Mertz is our leading goal scorer at the end of the season, we have a problem. Yeah, like, that, would, that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say one thing that, that makes me somewhat optimistic, and I – I haven't done any research on this. Like we could go back and look and see the the starting lineup of the first game of the season compared to what it is late in the season. But I get a sense that a lot of these guys on the bench, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are multiple guys on the bench that are going to make their way into the starting 11 within the next few weeks. And so this team is going to give me some names. Different. What do you think? Uh, I would love to see showing me in there. I think that I don't fa- think he's a starter for us. I think he could be, I think failing could make a case to be a starter we still haven't seen DK yet, um, who I had said looked like Lebo Meloto in the preseason. So mm-hmm. I think that there's, I mean, those were kind of the only names I could come up with. One of the forwards feels like they have to pop between, I mean, you have Kizza. They better. Have well, exactly. We talk about, I mean, you have Kizza, Dequa, um, you have uh, what, uh, Tony Lopez, you have mm-hmm. Show and Me. Um, Blackstock. Blackstock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like somebody's got to pop, right? Hopefully, maybe we'll see. <laughs> get, get the look of doubt on Kevin's face. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, so Dequa can put him down for nine to ten goals if he's starting regularly, but he's not gonna like light the world up. I think similarly, like if if Dequa's our leading goal scorer at the end of the season, okay, and it's better than Mertz, but I, I, I just don't think Dequa's gonna get us fifteen to twenty goals. Uh, in a season. I mean, that's that's going to be one of the questions, right? So say that our leading goal scorer gets 10 to 12 goals. Where do the rest of the goals come from? We we better, yeah, we better be like, yeah, like what Steve said, back to like, you know, Lily era of letting up a total of 15 goals across the entire season, if that's the case. Yeah. It could also yeah. just be spread out more. I mean, like, we, we don't necessarily need one player who's scoring, you know, the majority of our goals, if, if they're spread off out across like Kizza, Dequa, Mertz, you know, just the, the, the front ish line <laughs> of the team, the midfield in the front line, it would, I think it's fine if, you know, we have some high scores, uh, relatively high scores, but just spread out. I think that's fair. But my concern is who else in that midfield other than Mertz, do you look to, to like be a substantial contributor in terms of goals? And I don't know if there is somebody there. Maybe, maybe one of the guys like DK, or you know, maybe it is the case where 
the two up top learn how to really work together. And then they're both putting in double digit goals and then it's less of a concern. Cool. But we just, I think what Kenny maybe gets five to seven this year. Maybe. Um, Yeah. At two, maybe one or two. I I wouldn't, I mean, looking back on it, I I was watching some of the, like the highlight clips or whatever. Um, Wow. I don't know. One of you were pontificating. Uh, (laughs) um, Checks out. Checks out. (laughs) And I, I forgot that um, leading up to Mertz's goal, so it was Ordonez who made the pass, but Etu um, broke up play, won the ball back for us, and sprung the counter and picked out a great pass for Ordonez. Etu just like completely turned turn the... Cap, we get the, it. You love it too. We get it. He's <laughs> really good. He's really good. I mean, it's one game. It's one game. He's really good. Yeah. So, In isolation, yeah. you could be like Romeo Parks was the best player we've ever had, based on one game. Could we? I don't know. I don't think Ke- Kevin's yeah, really was... moving on from Griffin, huh? That was yeah. A... <laughs> yeah, he really is. Griffin. Yep. <laughs> I feel like that's that's a segue here. So first of all, real quick, we did put up a man of the match poll, uh, and I guess unsurprisingly, ninety percent of the there were like fifty people that voted. Ninety percent of the voters picked Mertz. Um, which I think it's hard to make an argument otherwise based on everything we've said, other than you're, you know, a diehard Etu fan like Kevin is at this point. Um, <laughs> to be clear, I voted for Mertz. But I was like, going to ask. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really, but it was, you know, fractions. Yes. Wait, where was the poll? I missed it. It was on Twitter. Sorry. Yeah, oh you weren't on Twitter. Gosh. I know. I know. We're still figuring Where's out the balance the here. Poll? Okay. <laughs> let's, let's. Poll. Let's get to what Laura Ellen wants to talk about. So this game was our first chance at sort of seeing who could get some points in our uh, annual, I guess we'll call it pick'em challenge. Uh, so everybody was able to, I shouldn't say everybody, there were a few people that signed up and then didn't get their votes in on time. So make sure that you get your predictions in on time this week. It's not too late to play, even if, if you know, you haven't signed up yet. Um, it's mm-hmm. one week. Like there's plenty of time to make up points. So all you got to do is become a supporter of the show. You can go over to YouTube, uh, find our channel, go to the community section or on Twitter. We'll share the link again. But after Laura Ellen shaking her head, she doesn't want to give up points to anybody. After our first week, uh, our leaders at this point are Dan Yost and uh, Keaton Libingood, who both got three points. They picked the score exactly a one, one draw. Kev, you and Laura Ellen also called a 1-1 draw. So you guys also get three points, but you can't win tickets. So anybody that's on the show, I just sort of highlight in white here just to differentiate between those that can win tickets for 2024 versus those who cannot. Um, And then that was followed by Devin Pale and Steve, who both got one point for picking a tie, but not the right scoreline. Everybody else uh, picked the wrong score or the wrong outcome. And so uh, we all still have zero. So those are your leaders. Um, I don't know how I feel about, you know, the host of Houndsy potentially getting two <laughs> tickets, but we'll see, you know, best of luck, Mr. Yost. That um, was my immediate reaction. I was like, how does Dan get a chance? But I don't. <laughs> Dan does more Riverhound stuff than I do. Yeah, but not with us. Mike, can you throw that graphic up again, please? Sure. I want to I want to point out I love like the N64 90s 3D Mongol like graphic. I, that was I like that. mentioned it too. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. I feel like I'm playing Goldeneye or something. Yes. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the goal. Was uh let's go full Goldeneye on this thing. So, yeah, that'll be the theme for this year. We'll change it up next year. Laura is shaking her head. 
Um, one of the other things that was settled this week was uh, we've been talking for really the past two weeks about the best 11 in the Lily era. And so we had a round of voting prior to the um, uh, to last week's episode. And then we had additional round of voting prior to this week's episode. And we now officially have the top 11 as voted by you all. And let's talk through it. Uh, we already knew in the back, we knew sort of the keeper and the center backs, but everything else was decided this past week. So we got Kyle Morton and goal across the back where we, we have three center backs, Joe Greenspan, Tommy V, Arturo Donez, our wingers. This was a really hot battle was Ryan James and Alex Dixon. Uh, and we actually had like a poll, like, where should we put vote for Dixon? And everybody said winger. So we said, okay, fine. We'll put him winger. Our midfield turned out to be Kevin Kerr, Kenny Forbes, and Danny Griffin. And then our two strikers were Nico Brett and Russell Cicerone. So again, midfield, there was a really hot battle between Danny Griffin and Robbie Mertz. Uh, Griffin came out on top. And uh, in the forwards position, uh, it really came down to Nico, Russ, or um, uh, Chico. Chico made it through to the to the final mm -hmm. round. And then those two came out on top. So, um, uh, Laura so Ellen. I, I must just like... First of all, this is very small for my <laughs> very old <laughs> eyes, but I just, I like fundamental, I don't know. I feel like Kevin Kerr was part of Lily at the like tail end of his mm -hmm. career. I would like, oh, take Kevin Kerr out, put <laughs> Mertz in. I just, it, it makes it, and sorry, there's like a combination of action shots and head shots. Okay. And all I right. Really moving on. All the things <laughs> that you do for us, Mike. Steve, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I didn't like when you told Josh that Kirk could be in it because of his whole career, but I mean, whole career, Kevin Kirk. Sure. Uh, Bob Lilly, Kevin Kirk. I wouldn't put them in there. Um, I, I think there are some ways maybe you tweak this a little bit. Um, I think more what I'm interested in is not what this 11 is like, but then what's the bench behind that and what's that depth mm -hmm. look like, right? Like that's the thing for me that are we that far off from almost this team on a year to year basis? I mean, yeah, this is the best, but we're probably 80% there in our starting lineup every season of what a best 11 could be in the Lily era. But then you see some of those guys that are no longer there that would be on the bench in this. And that's where it gets really interesting for me. And you think, what would a Bob Lily team look like if you had the depth that this team would have with the bench of the players that these guys were just beating out to get into this 11? So I will tell you that in terms of all the competitions, the closest battles were um, at center back, Hugh Roberts was really close to making it into the final three. At winger, Jordan Dover was really close to making it into the final mm -hmm. three. Probably it's a surprise to no one. Midfield, Mertz was really close to making it to the final three. And I mentioned Chico Dos Santos uh, was also in consideration for the forward positions. So if you figure, if you have those guys on your bench, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like that's a dangerous squad. Um, I just want to point and out yellow as your backup. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Dixon, uh, who's on as a winger, uh, got a hat trick this week as a forward. Uh, just so FYI. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, did anyone you mean pick when he's him? played in his position, he scores a lot of goals. Yeah. Dixon Dixon played as a lone striker for Monterey Bay 
and got a hat trick in the first game of the season for them. First hat trick for the But club. who did they yeah. play? Oh, uh, Hartford. Crud. Hartford. Hartford. Frauds. Right. His Does other former team. Out? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not bad. Hartford's not bad this year. Uh, and then Nico Brett, by the way, did absolutely nothing yes. uh, this game, yeah. uh, this week. Did anyone pick Dixon uh, in their forward line? I can't remember. Okay, shut up, Kevin. Um, <laughs> I no, can't even see Kevin's face. Listen, this was okay. Here, I'll take the graphic down. This was one of the. Uh, this was actually something that was like, as this game was going, I was seeing messages about sort of Monterey and what was going on there. But my one of my thoughts was that uh, with Mertz, it felt like with somebody who was clearly making an impact on the game the way that he was, it felt almost like at times he was off in no man's land in a position where he couldn't impact the game. And I was like, man, it'd be great if Merce could get more involved. And then I immediately thought of Alex Dixon being played out of sort of like his best position. And then, you know, he goes to Monterey and gets, that might be the only three goals he gets all season. I doubt it, but like, yeah, it's not happening. You know, we, we talked about how Dixon could, be the most talented player in that 11 that we put up there. And he was just played out of position. So it makes it tough to vote, you know, mm-hmm. based on did, that. Did you like that 11, Mike? Like, are you happy with that? Do you think that's a strong team? Oh, I think it's a strong team. I think what's what's telling to me, and, and this was partially an experiment to sort of see like who the best 11 would be, and partially sort of a, a background experiment uh, for myself in terms of trying to understand where the team um, finds the most value. Cause there's a lot of talk in the off season of like, Oh, you know, sign college players or like sign these players from here or what, like which players are most experienced. And if you actually go down the list and you look at the players that have been most impactful for this team over the Lily era, where are they coming from? How long are they staying? The fact that Lily's been here six years and there's only what two players in this 11 that are still here. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because imagine if all, imagine if these guys stuck around, like mm-hmm. what kind of team would this be? Like we're talking dynasty and mm-hmm. it's just like, they don't. So why? And some of that, I mean, you know, Mertz leaving to go play for, or, or take a shot at MLS Griffin leaving and take a shot at MLS. Like you can't fault those guys. But when you see Ryan James and Tommy V bouncing around the USL to the point that Tommy V doesn't even have a contract right now, like why, what happened? So, or Alex Dixon going off and scoring a hat trick in Monterey, like great to still have those guys here. I don't know. My, my thing about this, honestly, I might take our midfield on the weekend over this midfield. Um, Dude, the two love, like give it more than a game, please. Mike, anyway. Like... <laughs> and then, so, and I would also, I don't know, like this is a small comment. It doesn't really matter. Cause like, I'm, I'm just thinking of like, if this team was playing, how would it be? And that, that wasn't the question. Like the question was like, you know, we were kind of voting for Lillier, but like this, this team's got, this team's short. Like I would not like this, <laughs> like set pieces or corners or anything like that. Um, and lastly, I don't know. Interesting question. If you could pull one player from this, from what we're looking at right now on the screen to, to go into our current squad, who would it be? Dixon. I mean, that, that's easy. We need goals. <laughs> Ciceroni as well. I would either one, but Dixon more so. Zero, zero pause from Josh. He had that locked and loaded. Laura Ellen, if you could pick one player from this 11 team to add to the Hounds this year, who would it be? I don't know. I mean, where are you going to play them? I, I'm thinking, I'm way overthinking it. I was thinking... Ryan James or Alex Dixon, probably. 
or like prime Tommy V, like at his peak. Yeah. Ooh, he was dangerous. Know, Listen, you play Tommy V at center back. I'd argue he's not out of his prime. I just feel like everywhere he's gone since Pittsburgh, they've played him somewhere else, and it just hasn't worked in their system. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, Steve, one player. Oh, it's it's Brett when he was on. I mean, Brett's the best pure goal scorer I think we've seen under Lily. Um, Russ Dixon, Dequa. I mean, all have their their ability to score goals. But I remember at the Christmas party years ago, after Brett wasn't re-signed, Bob was talking about how he, like, he had a guy that was in the league that was young, forward, and uh, he was going to be every good as bit as Nico Brett. Well, he was either talking about Dequa or Mensa, and neither of them is as good as mm. Nico Brett was. Kev, who's your one? I, I- I, it's Dixon, but it uh, like right behind Dixon is Ryan James. I, I think he's that good. I, I think Dixon fits what we need right now. Um, but I yeah. think Ryan James is just incredible. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I'm trying to think of like where we would need filling in the gaps. And well, the fact and, that well, we that's don't... the thing. Like if we got Dixon, like Bob would just put him at right back again. So right. <laughs> I think I'm taking I'm taking James or I'm taking Tommy V just for like additional cover for Kenny because I am really worried that we're putting too much on Kenny this year and there's no there's nobody else in that midfield. I mean, unless it's DK, who else do we have that we've signed in the midfield that can sort of step in and play that spot? So, yeah, good question though. Um, be interested in what everybody else thinks. So you guys let us know. Uh, guys, uh, one thing we, we got to talk about the upcoming game, um, against Memphis this weekend, but before we do that, uh, I had it on the agenda, but I want to make sure we give a shout out to Pittsburgh sports all the time who came in and out of quote, not sure if you guys saw this, but we advanced to the third round of the open cup due to a forfeit today. Did uh, it guys. First win of the season. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, we won. Exactly. First. First, first win of the season. So good and didn't even have to play the game. I'm just Rod- glad to see forfeit on the score sheet tied with right. Robbie. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's it technically goes down as a one nothing win. Do we have to credit that goal to somebody? Like, who gets that goal? Uh, it's, it's I'll, I'll goal. take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm confused by this one nothing thing because I thought it used to be three nothing. Like a forfeit was a three zero win. Listen, like, Rochester's just trying to find other ways to screw us. So they talked in some deal nice. where it's just a one nothing, and that's it. So for those who don't Mike, know. but would you have rather them, like, put a hodgepodge team together and beat us? Like, could you imagine? That, that would, would never be- happen. We've never been beat by a hodgepodge team in the open <laughs> cup of, full of construction workers who are smoking after the game. That's what I'm saying, Josh. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I no, no, no. So, you're so fine. This is another tangent, but have you seen that that Haitian team that's playing Austin in CONCACAF Champions League is registering USL2 players because they don't have enough players that can get a visa into the that. U.S.? But yeah. they won 3-0 in Haiti against Austin and now Austin has a three goal deficit to overcome to advance. Very cool. Yeah. Insane. It's the magic of the open cup. Yeah. Um, for those who, who missed it, Rochester, who we had talked about for previous weeks officially came out this week and basically said, sorry guys, we're not a team. So we're out. Uh, and so therefore we get the forfeit. It was announced today by everybody. Um, 
So yeah, that first game that would have been fantastic at Highmark Stadium against the Rhinos. Well, Rochester, they're not really the Rhinos anymore. Um, it's just not going to happen because they're not a team. So we get a pass. We will get drawn into the next round, which is when the MLS teams get drawn in as well. So there is a chance that we get drawn against an MLS team, hopefully at Highmark Stadium, because otherwise it would stink to not have an Open Cup game at Highmark to start things off um, because Rochester screwed their fans and whatnot. But yeah, so there's that. Um, any other thoughts on just the whole Rochester thing? It, sucks. it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. A historic club and to see them go out like this, when they took that hiatus, it was very concerning. It was kind of great to hear that they were coming back for sure. It then kind of, you know, another blow to the gut when it was announced that they were completely stripping away the history of the team by taking away the name and like just not looking like the team anymore. Uh, so that sucked. But then the final nail in the coffin just, you know, obviously... Yeah ownership who screwed it up and didn't get the job done. And now one of the first pro teams in American history is gone. And the fact that they also chose to play MLS next bro was like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? Um, One of the few uh, non two teams to play in MLS next pro. And it's just, it's ridiculous. So enough on that guys, the hounds head to Memphis this Saturday. Here's our here's our second shot to sort of see what the team is made of. Memphis lost to Loudon this weekend, three to one. But that said, it was really only two to one until the 94th minute when Memphis were down a man after Kissy Adu got sent off with a red card in the 62nd. So basically, Memphis was down to 10 men and pushing, you know, looking like the better team against Loudon, trying to get an equalizer. And that's when Loudon sort of pounced and made it three-one. So that's somewhat forgivable. Um a few things just to point out, Jelani Peters plays for Memphis, so mm-hmm. it, it won't take long for us to see a, a hound from last season. Um, John Morrissey at USL Taxes, Tactics has Memphis ranked fourth in the East, one spot behind Birmingham, who he has ranked third in the East, and he had us ranked at 10th. So if you're trying to gauge some sense of like what do we have to look at for this game, at least based on preseason stuff, John had Memphis just behind Birmingham and us as like Mm -hmm. bottom feeders. And we clearly went and got a job done at Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here's our chance to get one at Memphis. I guess before we get into predictions, do you guys have any thoughts or questions or things you might want to see in this game? Um, You know, to, to either alleviate any concerns or to continue any waves that you're currently riding with this team. Kev, what do you think? I mean, so I mean, quickly, I watched the highlights of the Loud Memphis game. Loud looked good. Uh, like, Tommy Williamson, other former Hound, scored for Loud in that first goal, mm-hmm. and that was money. Yeah. Well, yeah, that mm-hmm. when the first goal, the buildup was just insane, yeah. and so yeah, I mean, that could be interesting. Um, and I don't really know what to think of Memphis. Memphis looked okay. Um, I mean, those highlights, um, but. No, I think a lot more to come. I mean, what I, I'm guessing we're all assuming more signings are coming too. Um, so, I mean, I don't know when that might pop up. I feel um, like we need somebody in the midfield. Like, I'm really worried about coverage there. We'll see. But I mean, we did play like Revere can play in the midfield. You have Etu, Ibarra, Forbes, Mertz can all play in the midfield. Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I get what you mean. I think depending on, like, if you want to play, at times it looked like we were playing, like, five midfielders wide. And if you want to play that, then, yeah, I agree with you. We're light. Um, so, I don't know. I More signings to come. Good first impression. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Laura, Ellen, do you have any thoughts heading into this one? Yeah, I think just uh, building – you know, sharpening up some of those passes, some of the heavy footedness, I think. Yeah, I think just seeing continual progress, even if it's not for all 90 minutes, but, you know, hey, we had, you know, according to uh, Kevin's estimation, like 15, 20 minutes of like really high quality play. Okay, let's aim for a solid half, right? You know, hopefully spread out, right? I just, I'd like to see just, slow continual inter inter um I'm losing my words but just yeah slow growth is makes yeah i'm happy to see that kind of building off that point too i think there was there was courage like in our last game against Birmingham, in our only game um there we forget there that was, win that 1-0 win because yeah there, yeah <laughs> we, we showed courage and attack but it was courage like fueled by mike i think you said it before it was like courage fueled by like four espresso shots it wasn't courage fueled by like confidence and i think that could be an like to see that develop into something where we're playing with confidence and 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 playing quote-unquote riskier passes or anything because we think they're going to come off rather than we're just all hyped up and it's the first game of the season and we're in a way and we just need to you know go at them i think that'd be that'd be good to see yeah steve what do you think uh, I mean, I'm hoping to see uh, a shutout. I'm not convinced we're going to score a goal. Um, I think if the game opens up, we have the chance. Um, but getting that clean sheet away would would be a nice way to continue what we saw on on Saturday. Um, and getting that before coming home for the home opener would would be that's kind of my my hope to see. Josh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think this. Uh... I'm more confident than I was obviously before last week's game. And I, I kind of agree that a, a zero zero draw would not be the worst thing in the world to see how this team this early on. Um, but at the same time, I, I honestly think, you know, we should go in this with confidence. This, this team doesn't look as good. And with that red card uh, last week, uh, they're going to be missing a player and it's, I'm not saying we're, you know, the favorite to win this, obviously not, but at the same time, like hounds are kind of the scrappy team this year and us being underdogs, that's not a bad place for us to be because we seem to actually do pretty good with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, them missing Kisiadu because he got a red card uh, in the last game, I think is a loss to them. We know that Lily knows a lot about his own players, so mm -hmm. it will be interesting to see if he can, uh, you know, pick off anything from Peter's. Um, after having him as a center back for past two years. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, but for the most part, I'm Laura Ellen, I'm kind of with you. Like I, I would like to see, you know, more, we're trying to keep possession. I'd like to see more, uh, you know, connecting on more passes and things like that. Because if we don't see that, then it's kind of like, well, was week one just like 
a flash in the pan? Like, was that actually what they were trying to do? Or was that just what happened? And I'd love to see that be a tendency of like, no, that's what they were actually trying to do. And they're slowly building mm -hmm. and getting better at it. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, any other thoughts before we get into score predictions? I think the thing to watch from the Memphis side is uh, does Goodrum look settled or not? I don't know if and anybody else saw, but apparently he was hoping to move to Europe or uh, a bigger team. And uh, I think his words were devastated that he was still in Memphis. <laughs> like, and it was, it was damning uh, critique of the the front office in Memphis that he's still there and he did not seem happy. I mean, they played him. Uh, I don't remember from the highlights seeing much from him. So, I mean, is he going to be a factor for them this week or not? Is it going to take him a while to settle back into that and accept the reality of that? Or is he just going to be unsettled? I don't know. Or is it going to fuel him to be, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong and go get that big contract somewhere else. And now's the time. So it's just interesting to keep an eye on him when we do play them uh, these two times this season. Yeah. Liz, uh, who is here in spirit, brought up a, a message in chat saying, will Wade go to Jamaica midweek? I had heard that Wade got on a plane like as soon as the Hounds game was over to go to Jamaica. So whether or not he'll be back for this one, I don't know. Um, good for him for another international call up. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to him again this or at some point this season. He was a great interview mm -hmm. in the off season, but um yeah, I mean, and that <laughs> we sort of look at the starting lineup like, yeah, that might be what it is, you know, forgetting that Lily loves to rotate keepers and rotate everything. So we might see a completely different lineup. You know, Etu might not even make the bench this week, Kev. Like, <laughs> we'll see. Pitchforks. Yeah. Pitchforks right. in this case. <laughs> Kev, if that's what it takes to get you to Pittsburgh for the home <laughs> I think I think we should do it. Yeah, agreed. All right, we got uh, it's prediction time. Remember, this counts. So, um, Kev, Lar Ellen, you guys, you guys got the W last week. You got the full three points. So, Lar Ellen, I'll start with you. Give us your. I'm score gonna prediction. go with my. Um, well, I'm I'm gonna go with a one-one draw. Ooh, one-one draw. Okay. Wait, Kev. I can't change my mind between now and Saturday. Nope, this is it. <laughs> he won't remember what you said. Don't <laughs> I am writing it down, man. Oh my we, gosh. we do have audio recording of it though, What's so we can check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's only being recorded on the YouTube comments, right? right. So, <laughs> um, I'll I'll go nil nil. Ooh, nil nil. Two draws. Uh, Josh. Going to be positive and say it'll be zero one hounds. Want to win, Steve? Well, I gotta, I gotta go with that shutout now that that's what I want, right? So I think I gotta, I gotta agree with the with the zero zero draw. Oh man! Exciting week like... for us, and we have in store. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Until this um, team proves me wrong that they can score goals, I'm not going to be picking a lot of goals. You and Michael in the prove me wrong camp. I think. Oh man, I don't like this. I was feeling really good about my one nothing until Mertz scored, and then I was like, "Damn it!" Like because I felt good about it, but then I also didn't feel good about it. This, um, is, this is what this does to you. You start being upset that your team scores. Darn it, right, we because, drew. Because you, don't <laughs> just, you don't just root for your team; you root for your picks. So it's it's like fantasy in in a way. Um, yeah, no, you got to not think about your picks when you're watching the game. <laughs> nope. I am going to say uh, two one hounds. 
Wow. Who's scoring? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think uh I think it's gonna be well Mertz in an own goal. That's what he's thinking. I don't, no, 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 no. I think listen, I think at some point our offense will click. Um, and I think the fact that it's that we're going against Peters, Dequa has practiced against Peters for the past two years. So like he has some sense of how to get behind. And Peters him. is practicing. Oh, that goes Dequa both ways. <laughs> I, it does go both ways. This is true. Um, no, I think one of the new guys gets a goal. And which one? I don't I want to say shown me, but um I'm being rude and really putting you yeah, in the fire here. <laughs> and then I'd say something comes from the midfield, either Mertz or Kenny. That's my call. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a shot out. Um, I'd love to get a shot out. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I also don't think we're just going to roll over. Uh, one, one sh- feels like a good call, but I'll take two, one. I'll Hashtag ad for um, steel army. Teespring, if you go to that, you'll see a shirt that says defense is sexy. Uh, that's a <laughs> a good call out for this game, apparently, that we're all guessing. I think you're the only one, Mike, who has guessed anything more than one goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I so. won that shirt at a Christmas party at one year. I don't know where it is. <laughs> bring it out, man. This is the time. to find that. <laughs> also, the other thing to bring out, what, next Friday is Hawaiian shirt day? Yeah, the Hounds home opener. The home so, opener, Hawaiian Church Day. It's on Friday. And if you want to be crazy, tailgate starts at noon. Uh, take the day off or half a day and uh, come hang out in a parking lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my middle son, we went to the Salvation Army this weekend. Or no, last weekend. And he got a Hawaiian shirt for a dollar. So there's no excuses, people. Like, go get yourself some Hawaiian shirts. Laura Ellen's like, what? Yeah, you, home opener. Hawaiian shirt, Laura. I will be wearing a parka. I mean, because... I'm also going to be wearing a jacket, but the Hawaiian shirt will be under the jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. In spirit. Could be um, like extra, extra large one and just put it over the jacket. There you go. Well, if someone can find me a Hawaiian shirt at a thrift store. We'll see what we can do. Um, but it all starts this weekend, guys. As we said, Hounds travel to Memphis on Saturday. Uh, Get your score predictions in before the lineups are announced. We will timestamp them. None of this like waiting to see what the lineup looks like. So uh, we post the we put the post up on YouTube on Friday morning. There will it's a physical post, and we will link to it from Twitter for those of you who um, Wait, are looking for it. How do you physically put something on YouTube? <laughs> Thanks for Welcome being back, here, Laura. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could share my screen. All I wanted to do was talk about the Premier League table for a little bit. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're good. Uh, We're out of time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Uh, We really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, let's go, Hounds. Let's get some points this weekend. We'll talk to you all very, very soon. Cheers. Later.